whether or not you run a business with horses, even if you just have personal horses, you know, um, this is, I think would be really important and it doesn't even have to do with horses. It could be any hobby, any sport, any business, anything, any type of company that you're, you know, especially if you're like an entrepreneurial type where you're, or, um, a business owner, I think this would be important because I mean, what you're kind of hearing me explain is a little bit of a workaholic type tendency where I could base, because my hobby is also my work and, um, and because I love my work, like I really love my work, I can so easily spend every waking moment working. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Willing Equine Podcast. I'll be recording this episode in my car, so the audio may not be super clear, and sometimes I have my kids with me, so if you hear a little bit from them, I apologize, but hopefully you can still enjoy the podcast. I'd love to hear from you after you listen to the podcast, so feel free to comment on any of my social media platforms or email me or even send me an anchor voice message. So I've been asked a couple of times to talk about uh, running an equine business or just even having horses while also being a mom. So for those of you that don't know, I have three kids, um, a nine-year-old, an almost five-year-old, and a almost three-year-old. So she'll be three in the end of May. Um, and then I also run my own training business online and locally and have boarding clients and all of that. So while I'm not the biggest operation out there, I definitely am still running a full-time business and, uh, it's a one woman show so far. Actually take that back. I do have somebody recently who I've hired on to help me. Thank God. Um, <laughs> for like legitimately thank you God <laughs> for bringing her around. But, um, so that's been pretty recently, but I've been running my business for a while as a one woman show. And then I also have my three kids. So I thought I would just kind of share a little bit about that experience and things I've learned and how I achieve it, how I do it without going insane, which I'm going to give you a little sneak peek. Uh, I have gone insane a few times, not legitimately, but, um, it's definitely had its ups and downs. It's definitely had challenges. It's definitely had times where I've wondered what on earth I am trying to do. Like what, what am I even doing here? Um, because it's just been really difficult on occasion, uh, even for long periods, sometimes as long as like six months or a year, I've gone through stages where I just don't even know what it is I'm doing or why. And honestly, I think the only thing that kept me going was just, I'm just a horse person like I I don't know when they say horse blood is running through your veins it's you know like it's serious it's serious stuff like if you've got horse blood that you there's no letting there's no getting around it so um I've talked about my history my kind of how I got here type story in a previous podcast episode um I don't even remember what I called it but that was done around the at the beginning of the year January 2020. So you can check that out to kind of hear about my history with horses and, and how TW came to be and all of that in that episode. Um, but I want to specifically target the whole motherhood process on this whole thing and how I am achieving this on a day-to-day basis as well. So I guess I'll start with how, um, how I do it with babies and my kind of my experiences with having young, young children around horses and being able to run my business and all that. 
I think probably the way I would, well, okay, I'm going to say that the reasons I was able to really focus on my business and sometimes, um, you know, I obviously had to prioritize a lot of time being with my children and being their parent because they are my priority, um, is being their mom, being there for them. But also being able to run a successful business requires a lot of time and effort, especially, and then the added problem or not problem, but the added issue when you're working with horses is there's a safety concern. So it's one thing to say you're working from home with kids, which is, trust me, I it's a really difficult thing to do. I actually have a harder time working with my kids from home when I'm like doing my computer work and have all the kids at home. That's actually harder than um, working at the barn with them. But it there's an added, there's a thing there you have to be careful of, which is the safety concern, you know, so having infants around horses or even children around horses is, um, can be, you know, challenging because you're trying to keep them safe while also being focused on your training and being effective and being consistent with the training programs. Um, and the whole situation of being interrupted when the kid just all of a sudden needs you right now and you're on a horse, that's really a struggle <laughs> to be patient and maintain your cool and not get frustrated with anybody. Um, that is really challenging to achieve, but it can be done. And some of the best ways, my tricks and tips for this is, and I actually wrote a blog article about this called, uh, motherhood and horses or something like that. Uh, I wrote it quite a while ago before, um, I might, I may have even written that before my youngest was born, but management is huge. Having places where your child can be that is safe, like a pack and play and things like that, bouncy seats, all that, or even a designated play area. I've kind of, I've created a um, play area on the front of my barn porch. So they're undercover and I've put little soft pads down and put all kinds of toys and stuff in there. So that management is really, really important for keeping them safe. And then novelty is really important for keeping them entertained. So I only use things like iPads and, um, those types of things when I'm at the barn. So when mommy needs to go train a horse, you get an iPad and it keeps them busy for a long time. Um, and that allows me to focus. But then the trick is, is that when I'm not training a horse and when they can be out and about and exploring and all that, the iPad goes away. So it also creates a little bit of a positive thing where they're like, okay, mommy's going to go train a horse. I get to go play my iPad. Like, this is great. Um, so they actually become excited about that process and it allows you to focus on what you're doing and keep them entertained. Snacks, there's special snacks I can give them, all kinds of stuff. I talk about these tips and tricks on that blog post, but as they get older, um, Sometimes this is going to be a little bit more challenging because one, they can climb out <laughs> of their areas and two, sometimes they have opinions of their own. Surprise, my children have very strong opinions and um, very strong personalities. Um, consistency though, as I'm raising them and teaching them about staying in the play areas and, um, you know, if a kid gets out of the play area, I put them back into the play area. We don't you know, that when I, once I put them in, they have to stay in there and I make it as positive as possible for them. But I, um, try and be really consistent about that. They have to stay in there until I come and get them. And I try and focus on getting them out before they get upset so that I can start stretching. I do this is the same process as with horses where you, um, if you're teaching a horse to stand tied, right, you, 
start them off and you make it a really positive experience and then you untie them before they start getting frustrated or panicked or anything like that. And then you start slowly stretching out how long they can stand tied for peacefully and making a positive experience. And, um, same thing with kids. I put them in the play area or in their um, pack and plays and stuff like that. And I put them in there for only a little bit and I get them out before they get upset or frustrated. Um, and then I start slowly stretching out how long they can stay in there for. So that just having those management things in place is really important for being able to work and having your kids. And that has allowed me to focus, have designated times where I'm able to focus on my business and focus on training. And I do this at home as well. I have those set up, you know, I have product like routines and stuff set up. We have my kids expect, you know, from this time to this time I'm working and they're going to have their quiet time or they're going to get to watch a movie or something like that. And I focus only having those movies available or whatever it is during those times so that they are excited about it and they want to participate in that and they're focused on it and it's just not one more thing where they're just like okay I get to do this all the time so it's not a big deal um and then and this is the part that I've honestly I'm just going to be completely honest about it I've had a hard time with this other part is limiting my time working <laughs> so the flip side of this whole situation is that I have to have cutoff times. I have to have times where I'm done with work. I have to turn it off and um, focus on my kids and my family. And that has been really hard for me because once I get like on a trail, once I start focusing on something, once I get on a goal where I'm like, okay, I really want to get this blog post written or whatever. And then my timer is up kind of situation, like the movie's over, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, I just want to keep going. And so I'll just push it. I'll push the time too long. I'll push my kids too long. And then I get frustrated with them because they're interrupting me. I'm like, of course they're interrupting me because I, you know, I've pushed them to their limit and I've just set nobody, I have nobody set up for success. And it's just this whole issue. Right. Um, so this has been a really hard thing for me to do, but I also recognize that when I'm able to achieve it, we, the family life and everything is smoother. I also feel better about myself and, and about, um, how much work I got done. I'm actually more frustrated about, or I get more stressed about work when I don't have that structure. And when I allow myself to just go, go, go and multitask with the kids and not have it set up where it's like kid time, you know, family time and work time. It's when I'm trying to do both at the same time. And I'm trying to juggle way too much on my plate at the same time that I get more frustrated with the kids and I don't enjoy them as much. And I also don't enjoy my work as much. And I get stressed out by work because I'm being pulled in different directions. And I feel like I need to be spending more time with my kids, but I also need to get this work done. And why can't I do, you know, and it just starts this whole cycle. But if I can, and I, have periods of time where I'm really good at this and then it slips away. But, um, if I can focus my time where I can say, okay, my, you know, I'm going to work on the computer from 12 to three and I will either hire maybe I like a mother's helper or, um, have them go spend some time with grandma or they can watch a movie or whatever it is, or have quiet time. Or maybe it's during my baby's naps or whatever. I have this set amount of time. I'm going to get this work done and I'm trying to be, I try and use it as wisely as possible, which is a whole nother talk because I'm really bad at, um, 
multitasking and also getting distracted by things like with social media and stuff. So that's that's one of the reasons I derail and get into trying to juggle everything at the same time is because I, you know, in my brain, I have a DD, whatever ADHD, I don't know what you call it, but I, for sure, I haven't actually been officially tested, but my husband has, and we have a similar symptoms. And so I'm, I'm confident. I've had many people tell me that I am classic ADD. So, um, so when I can stay focused and, and keep my work in those hours, and then I, no matter where I am in that blog post, it's like, it's done. It's over. Right. I'm just done right now. Um, that. I feel a lot better about my work and I am able to go and enjoy my kids and they are a lot happier too. They don't feel like they're having to cry and drag me away from and plead me away from my work. (laughs) Um, And I don't want them to have to feel that way. So that really helps is having those designated hours. But to have those designated hours, you need to have routine and help. And like I mentioned, um, we have grandparents that live really close by. You can also hire the neighborhood kid during the summertime to come and help. Um, They don't even have to leave the house. Like you can all be in the same house, just somebody there to help. Um, you can, uh, there's so many options and you can also have like special, like mommy's work hour play box where they play in their rooms with this special toy box that has all these special toys that they can only play with while mommy's working. Or maybe like some of my kids love coloring so I can set up this whole coloring station. Um, washable paints are really great and <laughs> things like that. Uh, just have to be careful, like well, I try and reserve the times where I need to do like voice recordings or I need total silence to being the, I try and match those up with the times that my kids go to to grandma. So they're out of the house, or maybe I even have the neighbor kid take my kids on a walk or something. Um, or maybe my husband can take the kids out, things like that. So I try and focus those times on that. And then the other times where I'm like writing a blog post or I'm just working on computers, like website stuff is fine when the kids are making noise and going crazy. I'm really good at tuning out background noises. So as long as everybody's safe, I'm okay with them being loud. Um, so the other thing that has really helped me in managing and in keeping it all balanced and not going insane is, has been, um, being able to not let my perfectionism get the best of me. And this is something newer I'm working on. And I feel so much more at peace recently than I have in the last couple of years because of this, where I recognize that something may not be to my absolute big, like hyper perfectionist state. It may not be, you know, exactly like I saw that one video that I thought was shot so well, but you know, of course was shot by like a professional videographer and I'm not a professional videographer and I can't afford one right now. Um, but being able to be okay with putting out content and putting out stuff that is really good but not to my perfectionist standards um, and recognizing the idea, recognizing that perfectionism and, and some, the concept of perfect doesn't really exist. I mean, what is perfect? Like we can't, it's subjective, right? So my idea of perfect may not be somebody else's idea of perfect or somebody else's idea of perfect or whatever. So 
what is it that I'm chasing? What is it that I'm trying to achieve? What am I trying to make happen when I'm the only one that has the idea of what my perfect is? And for 99% of the people out there, they'll be more than happy with something that's not perfect to me. Um, and even if they aren't, then they're not who I'm selling to. (laughs) So, um, really coming to terms with and really processing the idea of what perfect is and what it's not basically is really what it means is what perfect perfection is not. Um, and being okay with putting out content that has value, but may not be to a certain standard that I have in my mind that has helped me a lot with being able to cut off my work saying it's enough. It's good enough. Like saying, being able to say it's good enough has really, really made a huge difference in my family life and being okay or being, um, being able to juggle work and motherhood because my, if you're trying to hold on to the idea of perfectionism and your idea of perfect, and I, I use Pinterest perfect. If I'm trying to make my home life Pinterest perfect, if I'm trying to dress my kids Pinterest perfect, and if I'm trying to make my website Pinterest perfect and my blog post Pinterest perfect and my, you know, when I host a potluck before a clinic Pinterest perfect, and I'm trying to make everything in my life perfect, I can't enjoy any of it. Because I'm so trying, spending so much time and energy and just stressing over making everything perfect that I never get a chance to actually enjoy it. And my kids suffer from it. My, um, my, relationship with my husband suffers from it and my training suffers and the time I'm spending with my horses suffer. So everybody suffers and then I suffer. So letting go of that perfectionist idea has helped me tremendously and embracing the idea of something that something is good enough. There will be things that I'm going to say it needs to be to this point to be good enough. And that good enough might be further along for, let's say, um, you know, I might prioritize. So that I guess what it comes down to is there are going to be certain things that I prioritize to be, to have more effort put into them. So I might prioritize more effort going into the production of a course versus the effort I might put into providing an Instagram video, right? So good enough for an Instagram video, as far as video production quality is I'm going to decide it's at a different level than good enough for a course video. But I have to be careful with that because at some point, if I keep making good enough too high of a um, the goal too high, the, the, the target point too, you know, too whatever, too large, whatever word you want to use. Um, again, I'm going to be running into that cycle of, I never go, I never put it out there and that it pulls me away from my family and it stresses me out. So, um, finding, I don't know, it's so individual and it's so personalized to every, I can't give you a recipe. I can't tell you what it is that there's not like this certain recipe I have for Instagram content versus how I dress my kids. Like what's good enough for both of those. I don't know. I don't, there's no recipe. There's no like, okay, so you have to, I don't even know. I'm not even going to try, but for me, I've decided that, um, you know, for an example. Okay. So I used to, just spend eons like so much time like researching not researching but shopping for my kids and making sure they were in the cutest most perfectly matched outfits and they had them all lined up and it was all like they were dressed to the t and or to the nines and they were just you could put them on pinterest and they were pinterest perfect right 
Um, but then it, I realized that that really wasn't as big of a priority to me anymore. And I didn't, as long as my kids were dressed comfortably and, um, appropriately, uh, and that they were cute, like it looked cute and it brought us both some joy and all that. I was fine. It didn't have to be from, I don't know, whatever fancy department store and like all of this stuff. It didn't have to, they didn't have to have 15 pairs of shoes, which I know some of you are going to be like, that's ridiculous. I never bought them 15 pairs of shoes, but you know what I mean? So I've buckled it down to, you know, they get, they, every season they have two or three core pair of shoes, which is like a tennis shoe, a boot. And for the winter, it would be like a church, like loafer type thing or ballet flat or something. And then during the summer, it's a, a little cute sandals for the girls and then something like that for the boys. Anyway, so there's like three pairs of shoes and I have, um, I'm going into detailed stuff, but, and then I kind of did like a capsule wardrobe style where they get, you know, we use, we buy a couple pairs of pants that are enough for the whole week. And those pants match with a lot, like most of their shirts. So everything can be mixed and matched and it's all blends together beautifully with these three pairs of shoes. And it's super easy and they can just go pick out their clothes. And I'm never like, Oh my gosh, that is a match kid. Go take that back. And there, and then it starts this whole thing where the kid wants to wear this crazy outfit and I didn't pick it out for them. Anyway, the whole thing. So I've, again, this goes back to having, routines and having, um, cons things, processes in place that reduce time and frustration on one side or one area that isn't as big of a priority. It's to allow you to spend more time in a different area. So, um, you know, and I, I could come up with a lot of other situations that are like that, where I've come up with a process, a way of doing things that have allowed me to streamline so I can prioritize elsewhere. But I've also had to learn how, where there's areas where I really want to spend a lot of time prioritizing things that I really enjoy doing that I could spend every day, every waking day and never get tired of it. Um, things like training horses or, um, I really like to mentor people and mentor my students and be there for them and provide them unlimited amount of time and resources from myself. I've had to learn how to put a cap on those things, um, in order to provide be the best mom I can be for my kids. So I can't spend every waking moment out in the pasture training my horses if I'm also going to be there for my kids. So some part of it is just me having to recognize that my kids are in my life and I love my kids and I want to be there for them and I do not want to miss their childhood and I don't want to miss, you know, that the first time my kid walks and I don't want to miss, um, you know, being there for my oldest daughter when she I don't know. She really likes volleyball. So maybe her first volleyball game, like I want to be there for these things. Um, so I'm going to have to put a limit on these other things that I really enjoy and want to prioritize and to be there for them. So finding that balance. And I, I don't really, that word balance is it's, it's a, it's a moving target. <laughs> There's no such thing as like, okay, here's the balance. Um, it's going to change through different periods of life and it has changed for me. Um, you know, what was balanced last year is a little bit different this year. So, you know, going back and forth and, um, a big thing is allowing both my husband and my kids to communicate to me that they need more time from me. Um, so because I am so prone to getting sucked into 
spending every waking minute researching horse stuff, reading about horse stuff, watching horse stuff, training horses, doing clinics, going to horse stuff. Like, I mean, I, I I'm obsessed. <laughs> so, um, allowing my husband to, it's not that I'm allowing him, like I gave him permission, but being open to hearing my husband tell me that he needs more time from me, you know, that we need to focus more time on a relationship or whatever. Um, has it's a really hard thing to do because it it's hard not to be like you know getting defensive about the thing I love and then my passion and uh, where I'm spending my time but I have found that that is really important in making sure that I don't create this negative emotional state in my the people I love surrounding this thing that I love. So I want them to not look at the horses and look at me going off to work and training as this, oh, there goes mom again. Like, I wish she would spend less time with the horses. You know, I want them to be supportive of me and to really enjoy it with me. And part of that is not making it this punishing experience for them and taking myself away from them in order to go do this other thing. So again, there's no magic recipe for that, but just allowing that communication, allowing an open dialogue between the people that are in your life and, um, and, uh, yourself and asking them, I mean, don't wait for them to come to you either. If you can go up and ask them and be like, okay, what do you think? Or do you feel like I'm here for you? All these things, um, I think will, whether or not you run a business with horses, even if you just have personal horses, you know, um, this is, I think would be really important and it doesn't even have to do with horses. It could be any hobby, any sport, any business, anything, any type of company that you're, you know, especially if you're like an entrepreneurial type where you're, or a a business owner, I think this would be important because I mean, what you're kind of hearing me explain is a little bit of a workaholic type tendency where I could be, because my hobby is also my work and, um, and because I love my work, like I really love my work, I can so easily spend every waking moment working and that's dangerous for my relationships. Um, so anyway, I hope, I don't know if any of this will help anybody, but I figured maybe it might help somebody, but <laughs> it doesn't even matter if you're a mom, it could just be having to do with a relationship, a spouse or something. Um, these are just some ways I've found to help me, um, find balance and peace in work and also home life. Um, being able to kind of put down the clicker for the day (laughs) and go spend time with my kids. Um, I guess one more thing that has helped is also bringing my kids into my work, meaning that I spend every time I'm out, well, not every time, but most times that I'm out at the barn working, I will do a five to 10 minute session with my youngest because she comes with me to work every day. So, and I use all of those previous management exercises for her to help her stay focused while and safe while I'm training and all that. But I purposely dedicate a certain amount of time to working with her and her pony. And she really loves working with her pony. So I try not to push her off. I try and really encourage that enthusiasm, but I also don't force them. So like my oldest, she likes the horses, but she's not nearly as, as 
um, eager to work with them as my youngest is. And so I don't force her. Like, it's not like, you, okay, you have your lesson at nine o'clock and you must do your lesson. I ask her if she wants to do a lesson today. And if she does, I prioritize making time for that. But if she doesn't, then that's okay. She can do what she wants to do. You know, usually this is like on summer break or spring break or something like that, or she can go visit her Nana or something. Um, but I don't want to, again, like poison that experience of where like mom made me take lessons and mom made me ride and, or that mom was always gone at the barn and we were at home and we needed her. You know, I don't want to make it that type of environment for them. And, you know, um, it's going to be different for every kid. My son, like I had, my son loves to ride, but he doesn't really like to do the actual training part. And he's only five. So I'm not like. It's, it's whatever. Um, whereas my youngest, she likes to be on the ground and do like the clicker training and the shaping and targeting and all that. Whereas my son, he really enjoys getting on a horse and just feeling that motion and going with the horse and getting to walk around and go on like what he calls trail rides, which is me poning him around the barn. Um, and so I'll just pop him on Cash, one of my older guys, and I just pony him around for five to ten minutes. And then that's, he loves that. And then he's done. And I just want to offer him that experience without forcing it. So I just ask him when he comes out to the barn with me, if he wants to ride that day and he says yes. And I tell him when we're going to do it. And then I <laughs> come hell or high water, which this is really hard to do. Cause sometimes I get wrapped up. I'm like, Oh shoot, I really need to work with this other horse. And like, we're running out of time and everybody's you know, a little bit edgy today or whatever. I try and really prioritize. Like he asked to ride. I really want to make that happen for him. So unless there's like an emergency situation, I really try and make that happen for him or any of my other kids. So, um, anyway, I don't know if this episode will help anybody, but hopefully it'll give you some ideas on how to balance horses and motherhood and all of that. Um, I just, you know, it's a learning experience for me. I'm not perfect at this by any means. And I promise, like I would be so excited if my kids grow up to be functional adults and they are like, don't hate me for life. Um, I know that sounds so pessimistic, but I think if you're a mom, you'll probably understand where I'm coming from. It's like every day you're like, I hope I'm not messing them up today. Like, because it's such a, like training horses is one thing, but like, man, I have to train like functional human beings to be functional and to exist in this crazy world. And anyway, so, um, it's overwhelming and sometimes very stressful. And sometimes we make mistakes and uh, our kids have to forgive us or they don't have to, but we hope they do. And, uh, we try and do the best we can. And so definitely a learning process for me. I am not perfect at this by any means. I'm not an expert in this area. Um, I'm just kind of sharing my own personal experiences and how I have, been currently and things I have learned over the years about kind of balancing, you know, motherhood and horses. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to find out more, head to my website, thewillingequine.com. On there, I have a really extensive blog. I'm a very prolific writer. And I also have a an FAQ page. And the FAQ has all kinds of things. It has questions and answers about training and about my training specifically, as well as just general about working with positive reinforcement. There's also sections on there about health and um, behavior. So all of that. I'm also on a lot of different social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. So check those out and I'd love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to email or send me a message.